You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. at home can hear me all right because I'm kind of lazy normally I try to you know be really aware of my body language so I have the best audio with the mic but I'm just kind of like leaning back this is a leaning back kind of day it's really warm it's another hot day in the studio (laughs) you're tired I'm tired I still have to go to football practice after this Skip it. There might be a thunderstorm. No, I can't. Unless if it starts raining, then we we would cancel it. But I'm I'm gonna go. I just don't know. It's gross out. It is. It's awful. Barf. Um. Well, anyway. And we had such a nice weekend. I mean, I was back home in Burlington, but um, we had a great weekend. I know Kingston had a really beautiful weekend too. Yeah, I I didn't really experience much of it because well, no, I yeah, I went out to a day festival on Saturday, and then I had a board game night with friends in the evening, um, and then. Sunday, I just kind of walked around, so I got a, a, yeah, experienced that the weather like a, a little nice bit. Yeah, weekend. it was it was pretty good. Good, it was pretty good. But I'm kind of I don't know, I'm already kind of over it. The weekend or the t- t- Monday, like this new week. The new week, I'm done. I'm already done. <laughs> I'm we're lazily sitting back in our chairs, ready to talk some movies. There you go. Specifically, animation today. That's what today's episode is about. Yeah, in honor of the new Toy Story movie. Yes, which I did see. Um, and we can talk about that in a bit. Um, and we're going to talk about some animated movies that, uh, I don't know, we like or something. Yeah. I don't know. Loosely. Loosely. Loosely we're based. Gonna, we're going to loosely have a conversation about animation. In my, my animation. definition of animations, as always, pretty loose. Uh, full disclosure, Taylor was home, so I only saw a movie, and this is how we decided to deal with this episode. Yeah. <laughs> it was an awkward one. But that's we, okay. It's fine. It's fine. And do you have any Disney on your list? I don't have any Disney on my list. Um, I don't think I do, actually. Um, I think my movies are non-Disney. There's a couple um, Oh, DreamWorks. Emperor's New Groove? I wish I had that on my list. Like, there's a I'm couple... cheating by looking yeah, at Yeah, it's not reading my list. We're not there yet. There's a couple, like, DreamWorks, which would be, like, big. But I don't think any of these are Disney. Yeah, I have DreamWorks, Pixar, probably. Yeah. yeah. Also, I've... We'll get to it when we get to it, but... Not that I don't... I have no problem... Like, I'm not like you, who... You hate Disney or whatever. I'm oh, don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> I don't hate Disney. You don't like it that much. I'm I'm more or less a fan of, of Disney movies, and I really like Pixar movies. I don't like a lot of Disney remakes that they're doing that are live action. Like, they're kind of hit and miss. But, you know, I just... When it came to this list, I don't know. I guess none of my favorites are Disney. None of the ones I remember... Or that I think, like, I was trying to go for things that I think people have not really seen that are kind of gems. Or, like, movies they watched when they were little and have forgotten about. Yeah, yeah, like, a lot of mine are from the 80s. <laughs> Which yeah. I was not, by the way, I wasn't little in the 80s, but I, but in the early 90s, I would have watched these yeah, movies Yeah, your parents would have bought the VHSs yeah, or exactly. Whatever. We have VHSs of most of these movies. So a lot of them are late 80s movies because that's kind of what I grew up with. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Good. Do you want to start, start with our our fan? Yes, we have some fan questions. A couple of them are doozies. Uh, let's get going here. Cool. So, so Ty, this is the this is the week we finally hear from Tyler. 
Right, because we couldn't air it last week due to the new due to rules. The rules. Even though we could have aired it. Due but, to the new laws in town. But I but I publicly shamed Tyler, who who emailed and said I that he appreciated the public wrist slap. So good. there you go. He's a, it's good. all in good fun, everybody. It's no longer the Wild West we over had here, guys. We two people on Instagram send, like, DMs to, like, Screening Your Things to Instagram account complaining about how mean I was to Tyler. <laughs> so he's fine. He's our Star Trek correspondent. It's all in good fun. He knows we're joking. That's great. He's been on the show. He's fine. We, he's, <laughs> he's fine. He's a big boy. Yeah. So let's hear from him. Let's hear from our Star Trek correspondent, Tyler. So he says – I have to move the computer so close because it's so big um, – Emerging from okay, so apparently he's he's been quite deep in academia recently, um, which he's is doing something like a master's or something. Well, I he? think I think you and him are the more academic people. Yeah, I'm pretty am, sure he's so. doing a graduate degree. So anyway, he says he's emerging from the bog of academia once more. <laughs> I have been able to catch up with most of your recent shows and have thoroughly enjoyed them all. The award-winning Screening in Kingston continues Woo. to be a bright part of the week. Thank you for reminding us. We are the award-winning we, Screening My boyfriend had to tell my dad this weekend. My dad was like, you yeah. didn't tell me you won an award. You didn't tell me. <laughs> my parents are in Europe, and I told them. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I have a boyfriend we, to tell my parents things now. Yeah, we have two <laughs> we, have, we have two awards that we won. So we are the dual award-winning it's Screening true. in Kingston. Um, sadly, I have not had the opportunity to get out to the screening room since High Life, which was an experience and a half that, like Mike, I can't really tell if I enjoyed. I do intend uh, to rectify this absence soon with Booksmart, even though it received the infamous cold shoulder from Taylor. <laughs> it is infamous now. In the meantime, I have been taking advantage of another Kingston cinematic staple. The video rental store Classic Video. Yes. Classic Video has an amazing library of movies, including new and old. Um, that uh, that has allowed uh, the movie club I run to get obscure with movie choices. They also have a great deal where you can rent three movies for eight days at a cost of five fifty or so. I wondered why Dan and I rented something recently. We rented three things, and it was so cheap. So yeah, it it's three that, for five fifty. It must have been that deal. And it's I mean it, it's not new releases, that, but but anything else in the whole place. And Classic Video is amazing. This is a good shout out for if you're in Kingston for Classic Video. They have amazing options. They've got such. They, they get new huge, releases. Oh, they get new releases. They have every. You, you think of a movie, it's there. Yeah, it's great. They, they've got it. Um, which brings me at long last. Yeah, Tyler likes to write paragraphs. To the point of this winding road of an email. Would you folks ever consider doing a classic video challenge? In this challenge, you rent three movies for a week from classic video, and the movies must include a. Um, a movie you saw a long time ago but remember not liking, a movie you've heard about um, but never seen, and a movie you've never heard of before but catches your eye in the store. It's a funny way to explore movie repertoire while also giving a business in Kingston um, some love. Keep up the great work, Tyler. What was the last option? A movie you've never heard of before but it catches your eye in the store. That sounds like a lot of fun. I would do that, no problem. Um, this is interesting that Tyler said this, and I'm I'm really glad. I wanted to read the whole email because he's he's a very passionate person. But I really think this is a great idea, and I kind of want to take it a step further because I've been thinking about another add-on to the show, especially into the summer, is to do something like that where we have mm-hmm. a screening in Kingston movie club of sorts where we have a challenge each week where we talk about films and do that. So I think we should do something with this. 
Um, I think Taylor and I will talk, obviously, off air about what we want to do with this. But uh, Tyler, we will talk to you as well. We know you're listening. I think he should come on and be part of this in some way. Even if it's for one segment a week, we can even pre-record it together. We could do like a little segment where the three of us do a quick roundtable about the three movies that maybe we all see together or we all, Mm -hmm. you know, we – all three are picked by one person each week and we all just take turns over because i think you have like five or eight days or something with the three movies you have like a week Pretty sure you have eight days so if you have eight days so you know one week tyler goes he picks three from the list and all three of us have to watch them so we just pass off right. the dvds to each other and then you know the next week it's taylor's turn and then it's mine and then we do this kind of fun thing i think that might be kind of interesting yeah. and we can also you know talk about the movies review them and maybe other listeners will will watch them too and be patrons of yeah classic video yeah exactly we we love our local businesses so i think i think there's an idea here and we will um explore it we were going to explore it but thank you for saying that in tyler and we will be in touch most recently we rented damsel with robert pattison mm-hmm. um and i'm pretty sure another movie oh escape from la okay and then a season of king of the hill Oh, well. So those were <laughs> our three, yeah. our three, maybe two weeks ago we did that. I used to do that all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I also think I do want to throw in another shout out to High Life because I know with the whole Batman news with Robert Pattinson, there's been a lot more conversation about this. Um, it, it honestly is worth seeing for his performance alone. I still don't know if I'm like Tyler. We're, we're both on the same page here. We have no idea if we like this movie or not, but it's worth seeing for his performance alone. I just, I can't see people coming out of that movie and being like this guy's a terrible actor like people he, he are saying it. why people are mad is because they only associate him with twilight. twilight exactly but that's not fair it's not fair and he also is the most vocal um detractor of the twilight series and he doesn't even like those movies christian bale who played batman was in newsies when he was a teenager yeah so uh which like <laughs> the disney movie musical he sang george clooney was on a soap um, opera? Yes. Which one? I can't remember. Oh, it's a medical remember one. ER? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Michael Keaton, who... I mean, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. And was uh, what, like a dad mom or something. Some weird comedy <laughs> about him being the same old dad because I was like so weird or something. I don't know. But it, people freaked out every for almost every single Batman that has ever been cast there's been some sort of issue with it. People were saying that Heath Ledger was going to be a terrible Joker right off the bat. And he's considered like the yeah. the Joker. So again, people you know, need to chill out. Need to they relax. need to open their minds and What's watch that new Taylor Swift song, You Need to Calm Down or something? Who knows? Well, anyway, that's She's not on my radar. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) I heard it at the music festival this weekend. It's a thing. Um, But thank you again, Tyler, for sending that in. You gave us lots to think about, and I think we we should do something with classic video for sure. Yeah, that's sick. Maybe. You know, I'm always trying to angle for free stuff. Free rentals. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Classic video, hit us up. We'll uh, we'll (laughs) chat with the folks at Classic Video. We'll tell them what we're doing. I'm joking. We can pay the $5. I think we can pay the $5. (laughs) I'm pretty sure we can give them $5, especially if we do something between the three of us. You know, it's only like, you know, not even two bucks each. Like, I feel like we can do it. Um, Next question comes from Hugh B., says high screening in kingston loving the podcast so far i have to say i really agree with taylor's review of book smart it was okay but i think it but the hype uh 
Oh, sorry, I got lost in my own words there. But I think maybe the hype gave me way too many expectations going in. This brings me to my question. Do you both try to stay away from reviews before seeing a movie to review yourselves? Do you find you are ever influenced in your opinions of films you see from outside sources aside from what's in the film itself? Thank you for both for a fun and engaging show. I do try to stay away from reviews until after I've seen the movie. But sometimes with movies like Booksmart or the new horror movie from the director who made Hereditary, The Midsummer, everywhere on my social media, there's hype about those movies. So I follow a couple, um, well, I follow the, the screening room on all social media, but also the, the Waterloo's independent uh, film. Sorry, the Waterloo's independent theater, which is called The Princess, Princess Cinemas. So they, <laughs> not screening um the screening room's not um as bad but um the princess cinemas will be like this movie's opening and then they'll often on their facebook post give like a a short like one line review of the film (laughs) so (laughs) i try to avoid they'll be like so for instance for booksmart they're like oh this the most amazing whatever whatever come see booksmart on this day so even when i try to avoid it I still get reviews and I'm seeing everywhere hype about Midsummer, which is a movie that I'm excited to see, but I hereditary also had the same hype up and unpopular opinion. I did not enjoy hereditary. I was expecting this to be the Mm. scariest movie of the world in the world. Yeah. Saw it could have passed and watched Rosemary's baby again. Yeah. So sometimes like these movies almost have like an aura about them that transcends reviews. Yeah. Even before the movies come out. So long answer or the short answer is I try to avoid it, but sometimes I can't. And I think that like we're human. So when you hear things, it's natural to have some influences like that. Yeah. And want to, that was the thing with hereditary, right? I knew, even though I knew not to get my expectations up because there was so much hype about it. I thought, wow, this is going to be, and from like horror fans which I trust more than just, like, a general reviewer, right? Um, So, yeah. And I think for me, like, I've never let a review really affect me going into a movie because it's it's just another review and it's a person's opinion. But in terms of, like, the question about outside sources, the people I bring with me can affect it 100%. If I'm having a good time... I might rate a movie slightly higher because I just enjoyed myself. Oh, 100%. That's the thing with horror movies. I find that when I go with my friends, the movie seems scarier when you're with like your buds and you're like feeding off of each other's energy and stuff. I had to – so I I took a date to a movie we had to review. And because of how much she was laughing, I think I found the movie funnier even though I don't think the movie was that funny. What movie was it? Stan and Ollie. Right. Where it was like, okay. You gave a good review. And I gave a good review because it was, I don't know, it was just one if of those things. If you had seen it, it on your own, you probably wouldn't I don't, have. maybe not. That's the thing. Is, and that is an outside influence that you have to know exists. Um, when I go see any of the, the Marvel movies, for example, I'm bringing a group of 15 people 
or so with me to see these movies. So it enhances the entire night of the experience. It almost makes the movie itself just sort of part of, of the night, but the whole experience is amplified that I think it sometimes makes movies better. It didn't for Dark Phoenix because I brought a group to that and it was terrible. But, and everyone hated that. Yeah, everyone hated it because it was the worst movie ever. But again, I think you have to, when reviewing movies, go into that knowing it. So there are some times for some movies, especially the ones we see at the screening room, where I purposely will go alone. Yeah, I also feel like because the screening room movies are sometimes a little bit more artsy or a little bit more out there, I feel guilty if someone doesn't enjoy the movie going experience. Yeah, yeah. So taking someone to a screening <laughs> room a movie and then, you know, can't really think of a good example, but oh, um, The Dead Don't Die. Dan hated The Dead Don't Die, right? I went alone so, with that. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. a movie you should have yeah. gone alone because then yeah. you don't have... You don't feel the pressure that the other person needs to enjoy it. I went with someone to see one of the oh, – I can't remember which one it was, but it wasn't that long ago. Um, definitely in the next like, like last couple of months. And it was a religious one. Yes, and there was a there was a thing after that 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 was sponsored by a church in town. So they do this like talk back thing after, what and I didn't know it? we were both at this. And she turns to me and is like, "What is going on? Like, are you part of this?" I'm like, "No, she I have you're no some idea." Evangelical yeah, evangelical yeah, Christian. Like, no, I have no. There's nothing idea. wrong with that. No, absolutely like, not. There's nothing wrong with it. If your date is finding out for the first time that you're like an Uber yeah, Christian, and I'm just not. So <laughs> it was just it was a complete accident. But again. It, those types of circumstances, yeah, you, you kind of – I get exactly what you're saying. You feel a little responsible yeah. for the person you're bringing even though you had nothing to do with creating the movie. You're, you're just thinking, oh, I hope they enjoy it. Well, you're it. kind of like curating an experience yeah, for the individual. Yeah. I totally so. agree with that, yeah. I feel a lot of guilt. I try to pick and choose the people so I So do I. I'm very choosy now of, of bringing people to things just because – well, A, I like – I need to concentrate and, and watch mm-hmm. the movie. But number two, and, and I think it's – I guess B because I just said A um, is that guilt coming in of if they don't enjoy it I drag them to this experience I've wasted their money I've you know wasted their time I've wasted everything they think I'm very religious yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know but but long the short of it is we try to avoid avoid reviews yeah yeah. sometimes you just can't and especially you know big films it's really hard to, to not see what other people think because both of us are, you're not really on Facebook, no. but like you're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. And like Twitter's the worst place mm-hmm. for any kind Absolutely. of. Absolutely. People talk about I don't even, so it's fast. not even like spoilers, just. Just things, like talking yeah. about anything. Even a spoiler can be, I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. I got very angry at a friend once because he, I think it was for one of the, we had to go to the second night of the Star Wars opening as opposed to the first night. And it was the first Star Wars movie. It was The Force Awakens. And it was a whole big thing. So I stayed off social media for for almost three or four days just waiting for this movie. And all a friend said, because we all got together on Friday night, he said, oh, I couldn't wait. And I saw it last night too and I really liked it. And I got so angry at him because I didn't want to know anything. I wanted to go in blank Yeah, because if he liked it, it means it was probably good, yes. right? So that's why I usually like to go into movies blank slate. But that's not for everything. I didn't care about people, what people said about Toy Story. But I'm not going to listen to any reviews or thoughts on Spider-Man until it opens because yeah. I care more about that sort of that's cinematic That's the other universe. thing. If it's a movie you don't really, you're not really invested in, I don't care. Yeah, absolutely. I'll read reviews. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for the question, Hugh. Um, Moving on to our last question. It's from Erica, who says, Taylor, 
Okay. What was something you learned uh, from Dr. Ruth about sex from the documentary that you can share on air? And then her second question is, Mike, I had no idea Will Smith was even a singer, question mark. I don't know how that's a question. Erica's <laughs> aging herself, but in reverse. Yeah, that's true, because <laughs> it, you'd have to be young. You'd have to be younger than, because he, he was a rapper in the 90s. So Erica might be like 96, like be, a 96 baby. Yeah, and like, so I went, to, I went to high school. My first year of high school was 2001, and he was still singing. And he did Fresh Prince in the in the '90s, so he was doing Fresh Prince while he was a rapper. And yeah, he can. I mean, most rappers can sing, like Snoop Dogg. It's like R and B. Yeah. So he, um, yeah, he is a singer. That's the question, I guess. I had no idea. Yeah, it's a question mark. Yeah, he's a singer. He can sing. He's a rapper. Um, but yeah, you're Erica. You're definitely not old enough to know that, because <laughs> or just maybe live under a rock. Yeah, she maybe maybe for all we know, Erica is is older. Older. Um, and has no idea Will Smith is a singer, but yeah, that that was how he started. He even he raps the end intro. Yes, to Fresh so Prince. so this and and this is the thing in the '90s. This is a really interesting thing. Is there used to be this trend um, where Will Smith would do a movie and then he would sing the end credit song, and that would be the soundtrack. Like Men in Black had a had this Men in Black song that he sang at the end. Wild Wild West had this Wild Wild That's West song. True. Like he he did it constant constantly. And then the Aladdin movie, he's rapping with DJ Khaled an Aladdin song at the end in the credits. Here you go, so Will he brought Smith. it back. So the there you go, that Erica. Keeps giving. If you have Erica, if you haven't seen Men in Black or Wild Wild West or any of Will Smith's filmography, you're in for a treat because you will see that he sings at the end of it. Also, such a different time in terms of Absolutely. Very the different. The 2000s were such Could a Could you weird... imagine right now? Like, who's a big... Like, still a big movie star would probably be Tom Cruise, right? He's probably yeah. a big... Because that's what Will Smith was in the 90s and the early 2000s. Every summer, Will Smith was in a movie where he saved the world. Now it's Tom Cruise. Like, Tom Cruise does those movies. Could you imagine at the end of Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise singing a Mission or Impossible Chris, theme song? Or Chris Hemsworth. Or Chris Hemsworth. Just singing. rapping in Thor. Yeah, just, yeah, just like at the end. he does play guitar, I guess. But He's still. the singer, too, apparently. Oh, yeah. Too, him know. But anyway. And every but movie. Could, yeah, Chris every movie he comes, he, he then releases on the radio, like, a, a hit song of Chris Hemsworth's whatever. We would be, what is happening? The 2000s were a weird yeah decade but anyway to her first part of the question is there anything you learned about sex from that documentary taylor that you can share on air um even though they showed clips of some of her on air um like they showed clips of her Mm -hmm. being either on tv Mm -hmm. or radio they Mm -hmm. didn't have like any like salacious Mm -hmm. um tidbits because it focused more on her life didn't it it? was about her life and probably because it's like a general audience documentary they can't just be talking about like well we're a family show so i can't even reference things that Mm -hmm. um she would have talked about um i think the main takeaway was that she was a very big advocate for communication between partners totally because it was at a time where people just did not talk about sex yeah and a lot of people were having really bad sex Mm -hmm. because there was a stigma that partners couldn't say this is what I like, mm-hmm. do it this way, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. So I think the emphasis was on communication yeah. and about education yeah. and about how communication ed- education removes removes the stigma. Yeah. That was the big thing I, I remember. Like the only thing I really know about her is that she did such a great job of removing stigma from something. Like normalizing sex. Normalizing it, which, which is something we do with almost everything when i used to work with a with a youth organization a lot of the time 
you you there were certain topics that that were hard for people to talk about mm -hmm. but by talking about it not that everything needs to be normalized but that's the sense of it is the more you talk about something the less power it has over you yeah so the more you're able to communicate about even something negative happening in your life the more you're able to do that the more power take away i mean i i keep bringing up as an example the i think it was matthew who wrote in and sort of kind of opened up to us a little bit about the experiences he had with amanda Bynes movies he probably hates that we bring it up all the time no he, he he's he's written <laughs> well he in, did say he liked that we he did yeah he's it. he's written in that we, that we you know it was great we laughed about it. but i think the whole point of us doing that and and even matthew writing in was it's good to talk about it to let things off your chest exactly. and air it out and the it gives the power of the the bad thing that happened to him it gives it less power. Mm -hmm. It takes it away because you're able to communicate and talk about it. I know, like, again, I think I shared some of my experiences as well. I, yeah. I was cheated on. And the more I talked about it and the more I communicate with people, the easier it became to talk about. Mm -hmm. It normalized it. It made it easier for me to talk about. It. And, it, and the sort of embarrassment behind it. And I guess, again, there's a stigma within that yeah. to be embarrassed or talking about faults and that type of thing. It all goes away. The minute that a friend can make a joke about it to you is the minute you know, okay, you're moving you're, on. You're moving on. So I think, yeah, I think she, Dr. Ruth did this like sort of really good thing of, of taking a subject that is part of everyday life that, again, it's strange we don't talk about and making it say like the more you talk about it, the better everything becomes. Yeah, you're less, not weird. You know, you're not no, gross. No, it's, it's not Everyone. weird. It's not gross. It's not, yeah. And I think the other thing is why it's not, I can't think of any, again, like juicy tidbits is the way she talks is so like matter of fact yeah. and so almost medical totally. that like it's not like reading a playboy you no, know what no, i mean no. like so if you need to know more about sex maybe read one of her books because <laughs> and and i think she's a great resource though too oh the yeah thing. it's like if you if you want a good resource this is the person to sort she of... has the training like yeah. she's not one of these you know, Dr. Phil says he's a doctor when really he, like, has, like, one. Yeah. Like, I don't know what his credentials are, but they're pretty, like, f flaky. Yeah. She has a PhD and also has, like, a um, – her, her PhD is in, I think, like, counseling maybe? And then she also, like, did, like, another graduate training specifically about sex therapy. Yeah. yeah. So, like, when she says she's Dr. Ruth, she really is Dr. Yeah. Ruth because she has a doctorate and then she also – provides like clinical therapy and i do think like not that we're you know again answering the question in the best possible way that you can but i think that when, when eric is asking this question i think it's also easier but why not just go to the source dr ruth stuff's out there it's yeah, easier sure to you go can watch from, youtube yeah and it's find easier to all just the go crazy go, things. yeah go from the source who has the knowledge who who can you know do that and because if the documentary is more based on her life there's probably not as a lot as it much wasn't, in there anyway it really wasn't about like the clips they did show was to show how she was a trend a, a trailblazer yeah, absolutely you know what i mean and yeah. again it was about education about communication yeah absolutely so. well thanks erica for the question and hopefully that uh, that helps and yeah go research will smith um <laughs> but erica hugh and tyler thank you for your questions if you want to contribute to screening in kingston just give us an email at screening kingston at gmail.com remember that you must submit by five o'clock on monday to get on the show for tuesday you can also just use our hashtag screening in ygk follow us on social media send us a direct message you can get questions in that way as well clearly you can direct message our instagram for complaints Against if, yes, Mike. If, if you have complaints against the way I treat Tyler or any other person 
on this show. Instagram's the way Please, to go. Uh, DM on Instagram. <laughs> Slide into those DMs, yeah, folks. with your complaints, defending Tyler, who doesn't need it. He's fine. Um, okay, so uh, Toy Story 4, I guess. I never – I'm. I saw Toy Story 1 and 2, like, when I was little. Never saw Toy Story 3 – so I don't really have a great frame of reference for Toy Story well, 4. Well, I mean, this is the thing I will say about Toy Story 3. is it's it, In my opinion, it's one of the better movies that I've seen. Ever. General, ever. It has, like, it was critically acclaimed. Like, it and, got and really good reviews. part of it was it's ending a trilogy of movies. but And then they're like, psych. <laughs> they're psych. It's not a, it isn't. <laughs> but the way they did it and the way they did the ending and the way they sort of, um, basically, Toy Story 3 is, is about moving on. So it's closing Andy's. It's closing Andy's story, yeah. So Toy Story 4 kind of picks up from there. They, they're they basically, they're with Bonnie, who is a new, younger child. Is she um, the sister of Andy? No, no. She, I, I can't 100% remember what happened in at the end of the third one, but I, they're moving. Andy is moving or going somewhere, college or whatever, with his mom, and they meet Bonnie at a... I think she just got adopted somewhere. She was at an orphanage. She gets adopted somewhere, and he, he gives her the toys kind of at the end. Um, and this movie, this is the, the first thing I will say, is I went into this movie with sort of a sense of, okay, you wrapped up Toy Story so well. Why would you ever? What more story yeah, can we what, tell about what, these toys? <laughs> what could you possibly have to say, and why would you do this, and, and will this ruin the trilogy? Um, it was fantastic. Okay. I, I am. I was shocked at how at how good this movie is, um, and they they proved me wrong almost instantaneously. Um, this is the one thing I will say about this movie, though, is it's not like Toy Story three, in as it pulls at your heartstrings mm-hmm. in the same way. It's the funniest movie in the in of all the four movies for sure. It, they lay heavy on the comedy. It's very very funny. More feel good. More feel good. There are still some touching moments that pull at your heartstrings. Um, a single tear may or may not have left my eye at one point in time. There there's there's one moment that's a little bit you know there, but for the most part, this movie just makes you laugh. Like you know it's gonna have a happy ending. Yeah, or, or at least you know at least an ending that that you you kind of look at going. Well, they could kind of go anywhere from here, you know. <laughs> they could, I guess, we the, can have thirty more we're Toy Stories. Have more Toy Stories, um, but they introduce a lot of new characters. Um, but this is the biggest thing I'll say about the movie, and it's not necessarily a flaw, but it is something you. Sh- I think you should know going into it. This is not. It, it's the similar plot to all three Toy Story movies. Toy Story movies that came before. Something happens, and someone has to go get someone. That's right. it. Like it's every Toy Story. Like in the first one, it's oh, Buzz Lightyear falls out a window, and Woody has to go get him. In the second movie, it's Woody gets kidnapped, and the toys have to go get him. In the third movie, I can't remember who gets what, but they end up going somewhere. But the whole they end up idea, like a daycare, end up at a daycare. Yeah. So uh, the same thing happens in this movie, where basically they have to. You're introduced right off to the beginning to a character who's a spork. Uh, who has been made by the young child Bonnie into a toy. So it comes to life. And the whole idea of this movie questions what it means to be a, a toy. Um, and they really poke fun at that. So so that – and it's um, – I can't remember. Tony Hale I think is the name of the actor. Um, 
who who plays uh the the i think forky is i think his name um and uh, that's very funny like his entire thing is, is very funny but again that's where the heart of this movie comes from but anyway what i was trying to get to is this movie is not like the other toy story movies in the sense where you really get that ensemble feel and then it sort of focuses on buzz and 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 woody right. it's woody's movie this is 100% Woody's film. Do you think because the voice actor of Buzz Lightyear has kind of been canceled in our popular culture right now? Maybe that has something to he do has with very, it. But... Um, for listeners who not who aren't aware, yeah, Tim Allen. Tim Allen has very conservative beliefs. Mm-hmm. And his show was canceled, and he went on this tirade saying, you've canceled it because you don't support conservative values. So I'm wondering... If maybe he has less of a role, they couldn't not bring him back. Yeah. But this might be just like a conspiracy theory. I don't think kids care. But. Or no, but adults probably yeah. would. Yeah. And, and maybe studios. that could be. That could be part of the reason. And another part of the reason is, is unfortunately a lot of the voice actors from the original have passed away. Oh. From quite a few of, of the voice actors are, are not with us anymore. Well, the first movie has to be like 20 years old. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think it's something, something like that. We are getting old. Mike. Yes, I know. <laughs> I, I, believe me, I'm reminded of that constantly. Um, but the thing about Toy Story 4 that for me, I, I really enjoyed was, I mean, the fact, so it is Woody's story. So you have to kind of know that going into it. Buzz gets a little bit of stuff, but really everyone else is kind of pushed to the side. You're introduced to a bunch of new toys, but essentially Buzz is out, uh, sorry, Woody's out on this adventure. Buzz and a few toys go after him, and then everybody else is kind of in this, like, truck, and you, they keep going back to it and giving them little scenes, but nothing really happens there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the new characters they introduce are really funny. Key and Peel voice to stuffed toys from Aww. an amusement park. They're very funny. Um, but I, again, it is very much Woody's journey. Right. It is dis- rediscovering what does it mean to be a toy in, in this new facet of, uh, you know, passed off to a new person. What does it mean to be a toy? What is next? What, what moves forward? You're reintroduced to Bo Peep, which is a character that you haven't seen for a long time. Um, she's like a, kind of like a Barbie. Yeah, kind of. You're actually, I mean, people, most people probably know what she is. She's kind of attached to like a, a clock, I think thing. And, and it comes into play what she is into the movie a little bit. Um, but it's interesting to have him with this new toy, trying to take it through and explain what it means to be a toy. And, uh, him kind of discovering that as well. And, and that to me, that's, that's the, the deepness of Pixar that I enjoy. Like, is Woody being like, you're no longer a sport. You're yeah, a basically. Now. So, so, so Forky keeps like, you know, Forky at the beginning, because it's a new toy, it's learning how to talk, Aww. can basically say trash and looks at all the toys and goes, trash. And Woody says, no, 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 these are your friends. These are toys. And he goes, trash and tries to run to the trash like no no you're not trash anymore you're a toy and 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 all the toys are just it was one of the funniest scenes the the toys are just like what do you what what is going on like what is happening (laughs) what is this like bonnie made this toy and we're gonna support it and like he's he's all jumbled and a mess because it's basically like a kid drew on a spork and i've seen the pro yeah yeah and like one eye is bigger than the other and he's just like totally like a a popsicle stick yeah he can barely walk he's just sort of lost and completely like doesn't know what's going but again the innocence of that is played in the same way as the sort of parent relationship you'd see in real life where a parent has to explain to a child 
like the facts of life and the meaning of life, which is hard for people because not everyone knows it. They just have their own opinions. So Woody is basically giving his opinions, but then as the people he meets throughout this, new opinions are formed and he sees different things. And it's, yeah, again, it's a whole fun adventure, a lot of fun, I, like hilarious. The, the so see it. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it's a see it. And it is the most straight up comedy of the four of them. Like if the third one tugs at your heartstrings but has a little bit of comedy in it, this has a lot of comedy in it. And then sometimes a little bit of, you know, heartstrings are still in there. So to me, it's a see it for Toy Story 4. I really enjoyed the movie. Cool. There you go. There you go. Um, so let's talk about some other animated movies you yeah, should see. We made some lists. Of Let me pull mine up. Some of our... I guess these would be like our, our favorites, but also, I mean, my 10 are really looking at you. You might not remember seeing these or maybe people listening are a little too young for these films. Yeah, that's true. So I, I brought in a, a couple gems as well as some that I'm sure people have heard of. This was kind of hard for me because I feel like, like as a child, you know, you kind of fixate on things mm -hmm. and I felt like the movies I fixated on weren't necessarily animated. Yeah, fair. You know what I mean? But anyways, I have a list and I have my favorites. Great. Um, so, yeah. Oops. <laughs> okay. Um, shall we just dive into it? So, Do you want to start? My number one favorite animated movie is The Prince of Egypt, which is a DreamWorks movie. It's not on my list, um, but it I been. think from 98 <laughs> or 99. Yeah, I think it was 98. Um, it was released the same year Shrek was. I read a little antidote that apparently um, South, how do you say that? Ant, uh, a short story. An ant? An antidote? An ant oh, uh, anecdote. An, an, uh, yeah, I always, anecdote. Get, I always yeah. get that one wrong. It's like um, antidote. <laughs> yeah, no. Someone's been poisoned. I'm self-editing <laughs> on air. Um, uh, so I read like a little story that apparently um, at DreamWorks, if you did something wrong or something bad um, while, while animating The Prince of Egypt, they would send you to Shrek because apparently Shrek was like the ugly duckling production that, wow. you know. Um, and it turned out that Shrek, Shrek was, is actually, yeah, and so Shrek massive. is also on my list because it's kind of become a meme now. Um, people like make fun of Shrek a lot, but Dan and I recently rewatched the first two and we'll incredible. probably watch the yeah. other ones later. They're all available on Netflix. Yeah. They are so funny. The first Shrek movie is hilarious. It really stands up. Yeah, yeah. You know, you watch something when you're younger and you think, oh, that's, you know, it's funny whatever. And it was like a huge phenomenon yeah. when it came out. Yeah. They stand up. I, I really enjoy Shrek. Yeah, I think it's a great... So Prince of Egypt and Shrek are kind of at the top of my list. That's awesome. Um, For very different reasons. But they kind of go hand in hand because of that little story I heard. Whether or not that story is true. Yeah. But they are both DreamWorks productions yeah. and they did come out in the same year. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. Neither of those are on my list, but I do like them. Great. I went a little off the road. So I'll give two as well. So near the top of my left, Road to El Dorado. Never watched that one but growing we, up. I think we brought it up during our Rocketman episode. Because Elton John. Elton John narrated. Narrates and, and does the music for did it. Did the music. Um, and then Emperor's New Groove, which is one of the still to date oh movie that makes me laugh. I don't know how constantly. this missed my <laughs> list because when I, at the beginning of the show, when I was eat, like, you know, sneaking a look. That is yeah. a phenomenal, yeah. and they made it into an animated television show. Yes, they did, and that was pretty good too, if memory recalls. That was back. So back in the '90s, that was a big trend. Is whatever movie came out, like Aladdin, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. They'd make give it a television show. Um, but yeah, Road to El Dorado is a hilarious movie, and it's great if you have kids, but you you want to watch something that you're still going to be entertained with. 
Road to El Dorado and Emperor's New Groove, I think are things that even as an adult you can find funny. Yeah, and oh, who the llama in... In, David Spade. Yeah, David Spade. Great. Yeah, yeah. He should do more voice David acting. Spade, yeah, yeah, he, he was, was great. Fantastic. When I think of Road to El Dorado, I think of Atlantis. Because yeah, I think yeah. it came out similar timing. Yes, yeah, similar yeah. timing. And we saw like uh, you know, my probably my sister and I, we saw Atlantis and not Road to El Dorado. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So give it give us two more from your list. Fern Gully. <laughs> I, I looked at Fern Gully and yeah. considered it for a minute. I don't but. really we watched it a lot because we had a VHS. Yeah. If you ask me to recall the plot, I know that the yeah. the rainforest is essentially being destroyed. I, don't, I honestly didn't watch it enough. I, do, I can't tell you anything about Fern Was it one of those ones, you know how you start watching, when you're little, you start watching a movie and then something scary happens and you turn off. So you probably, probably have seen the probably. first half an hour yeah, like a yeah, hundred times. Yeah. It is like a little bit scary because these fairies or, you know, these little like, mystical creatures live in the rainforest and their homes are being destroyed by deforestation and they have to like fight against it so i remember it being a little bit scary but we did watch that one a lot my sister and i so it might be that's one you know you maybe saw once or twice it scared the pants off of you like (laughs) et yeah like et (laughs) we'd always stop we'd always stop et when the men in the suits oh yeah came yeah yeah. with the the breathing apparatus so anyways, Fern Gully, and then I also have Kiki's Delivery Service, which is about a little witch, hmm. and she rides on a broomstick and does deliveries with her cat. Um, it's from the same studio that did um, Spirited Away, Princess, yeah, whatever, you know, all of those kind of Japanese animated. They're kind of like, this might be an insensitive comparison, but what I would say is J- Japan's Disney essentially is right, the studio. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I remember getting going to like Zellers when Zellers was Zellers. <laughs> of course Zellers. <laughs> and now I'm dating myself. And um, you know, my mom was like, you can pick like one thing. And I randomly picked the v- VHS of Kiki's delivery service and watched the heck out of it. Yeah. But yeah, so that's one that maybe you watched when you were little. I don't Cause remember. Because all it. of these, all of I forget the name of the studio and I apologize, but all of these Japanese movies were dubbed in English and okay. re-released yeah. in yeah. in Canada. Well, I remember like when I was young, I, I like I watched Sailor Moon and Pokemon and all those like J- Japan animation stuff was yeah, and they popular. were all dubbed. So, yeah, so I'm sure I'm sure I watched it. I just don't remember. Spirited it. Away was very very popular. Mm. I'm sure I listeners probably, probably yeah. saw it and didn't even realize yeah, that it was that, like a Japanese. Yeah, because yeah. I know watching Kiki's Delivery Service and Spirited Away, I had no idea that they were. Mm. I just assumed. Yeah. You know, well, when you're little, you don't even. No, you don't. You don't even think. You don't oh, think did this where come it's from? from no, wherever? no, of course not. You don't even think about it. So those were my next two: Fern Gully and Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, my next two, one I know people have probably not heard of. The other one I'm gonna say first. So Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I just think it's underrated. It's and always it, on my to watch list. And it slipped under a lot of people's radar, and it just kind of came out. But it's really good. And it's it's you know to me it's right up there with like Ratatouille and and Ratatouille's on my list, right, which is a really good <laughs> Pixar movie. But again, it's I, you know not just the food comparison, but Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs I think is very clever and I I really enjoy that movie, so I definitely recommend it. Next one is something called Rockadoodle. Uh, I've never heard of so that. So Rockadoodle is a movie that I definitely watched a lot as a kid, but but only recently rediscovered that I did. It's one of those things that you just don't remember until you see something, and then like all these memories come back. It's basically an Elvis story, but around this farm 
that, that so it, it starts in in live action with this uh, kid and his family on a farm and there's this massive flood and you don't know what's happening whatever and he gets like he it's been raining for days or whatever and he like to escape the the horribleness of happening he kind of like starts reading this book and imagines this cartoon world where he becomes transforms into a cat and basically is trying to look for the rooster because that's a rooster will crow and make the sun come out um and the rooster is in like this las vegas type thing and is basically on stage performing as elvis but is the kid version of like a drunk he's just like completely out of it and does this for no reason and has all these fans but have completely forgotten his way and it's like this journey to find him and bring him back to the farm who released it i don't remember the studio i don't know anything about it but it's called rockadoodle um but it's entered it's so entertaining and it's very (laughs) interesting and i wanted to throw it on the list because i think people probably haven't seen it and you should give it a chance so cloudy with a chance of meatballs rockadoodle they're the next two on my list my next ones are Chicken Run. Oh, Chicken Run. Oh, I love that movie. Saw that one in theaters. See, I can – okay, see, this is the thing. Because that's claymation. See, I bent the rules a okay, little bit. Okay, because I, I looked at Chicken Run and, like, I considered it, but then I thought, well, it's claymation. I also – so my other one will be James and the Giant Peach. Great movie. Great, fantastic movie. But, again, I'm pretty sure it's – um, stop motion. I, think I don't so. think it's animation. No, I, think I think it's stop, stop motion. motion. But again, we, I mean, we talked about it. like, to me, anything that's not a real human being can be classified. And there's usually some sort of animation that goes into it. Yeah. Whether it be a little bit of computer animation or something. Like, right. There's usually something. So yeah. But James and the Giant Peach, uh, Roald Dahl was my favorite author growing up. It's a great movie. When I was little. And it's, you know, kind of dark, kind of creepy. I remember the glow in the dark worms. And <laughs> yes, that. yeah. Just yeah. like very, it's like a very visual yeah. movie. So highly I think, recommend. I recently rewatched Chicken Run on Netflix. Did it hold up? Oh yeah, so funny. I just, I can't. There's just a few of the chickens, the, the <laughs> things they say, and there's one that's always knitting, and it's just so funny to me. So if you like Chicken Run, any of the Wall Wall Wallace and Wallace Gromit? and Gromit, yeah, it's yeah. like that. It takes place in that universe, universe yeah, yeah. and all of the claymation looks the same. Looks exact same. Love um, Chicken Run. It was yeah. so it, very well done. Yeah, I love that studio. They do great work. Mm-hmm. So those were my my next two. So my next two, How to Train Your Dragon, also on my list. I just even though I was trying to stay away from, there's a lot on my list that isn't here because it was more mainstream but i need to throw them in there because every all their movies are so good but you know what i feel like how to train your dragon is a little underrated even though it's like a huge i think it's a huge phenomenon among young like little kids and like it has it also has its own television series it's based on books yeah but in terms of you know if you're an adult and every once in a while you want to watch a more lighthearted children's movie I think How to Train Your Dragon has flown under the radar. Yeah, I would agree with that. And they're very, very, very good movies. Again, they're the type of movie that I think is good for the whole family. Mm-hmm. A lot of animation and, and cartoons that, when they fail, I think is because they're catering too much to kids. Yeah. And they're not giving the adults enough to... like wh- The adults wh- who are paying for the ticket. Paying for the ticket and, and, frankly, have to rewatch it over and over and yep. over again with their kids. I think How to Train Your Dragon is one of the ones that's constantly entertaining. So. Very watchable. And Canadian connection, yes. Jay Baruchel is the lead. 
uh, and uh, my next film, Titan A.E. from the year, the year 2000. I'm so, shaking my head. I've never heard of this. So this is a uh, – this actually might be a Disney movie because it was from the – or maybe just the director from Anastasia went over and did this. Um, Titan A.E. is basically the Earth is gone. Like there's an accident that happens. So A.E. stands for after Earth. So the Earth is gone because of an accident. Human beings are, are throughout the galaxy as basically refugees. And it's about one young guy's sort of journey to, to doing a bunch of things. Voiced by Matt Damon, um, as well as a lot of, like Nathan Lane voices in this movie. And uh, I think Tim Curry is in this movie. A lot There's a lot of uh, great stars in Drew Barrymore. Um, and Titan A, it's, it's a real fun adventure movie. And I remember watching this with my parents and then being entertained by it as well so it's a fun action adventure cartoon movie um kind of year 2000 this is like me approaching you know i'm in preteen, so i'm like 13 yeah you want like a grown-up yes yeah, so that's a grown that's that t- titan a is a grown-up movie but still kind of for those preteen yeah. or teenager age but it's it's really good it's a great oh. movie so titan okay. a how to train your dragon titan a are my next two um, my next one was How to Train Your Dragon. We've already talked about it. Yeah. We've briefly talked about Ratatouille. Great movie as well. Um, I w- volunteered at a summer camp for, like, a, I did a week volunteering at an arts camp for children, and they showed Ratatouille over, like, two lunches, and mm. then they showed the B-movie over the next. <laughs> and you know what? The B-movie deserves to be on this list. It's, <laughs> the B-movie, yeah, The B-movie's yeah. pretty fun. Jerry Seinfeld is the voice of the bee. Yeah. Um, and they're essentially, it's about global warming. I'm pretty sure the bees are dying. He's trying to rally mm. to save honey. So anyways, Ratatouille and the bee movie are probably, will be my next ones. They go hand in <laughs> they hand. They go hand in hand. In my memory. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I associate yeah. them with each other. <laughs> so there you go. Um, my next are An American Tale, which was from 1986. And An American one. Tale, Five Will Goes West in 1992. So an American tale, for those who don't know, is basically about a family of mice, but they're it's basically about them people coming over to America. Um, and an American tale five goes west is sort of um, the second of this family once they've immigrated to America. And it, basically it's I mean it's a metaphor for a lot of things that were going on, um, especially like escaping a lot of things that were going on in Europe. but um, Five Goes West kind of really dives into to America and what happened next, and sort of like the the Industrial Re- Revolution and and sort of the West this disappearing. This is not the movie I was thinking of. The movie I saw was like Country Mouse, City Mouse, and no. they solve crimes. No, um, what's this the name is, of that movie? Uh, I I don't. They're know. like a, it's maybe like Country a boy, Mouse and City It's Mouse? a boy mouse and a girl mouse. Oh, you're thinking of the Rescuers? Yeah, the Rescuers is great. Great, great movie. <laughs> the Rescuers is, and the Rescuers Down Under when they go to yeah, Australia. I've seen that's Fantastic. what I thought this. Was. No, this okay. is American Tale. This okay. is about Fievel. Um and he it's it's basically like I I think it was like a metaphor for people escaping Russia and and like Ukraine and like a lot of those areas during the Cold War. Could be. Um but basically like the cats are the villains and the mice are the good people and that's just a thing. Anyway, but anyway, it's it's very good because basically Fievel befriends a cat and it's this weird thing and they become friends and they go on these adventures. It's broken stereotypes. But it's and... it's it's everything I like about a cartoon, especially as a kid, is, is it was scary, it was interesting, it was a little dark, but it was also funny and adventurous. And I think sometimes, like, we've kind of gotten away from that. Like, kids' movies used to be scary. 
and they used oh, to yeah. you know be push it a little bit. Like James and the Giant Peach, that movie is terrifying. But kids love to be scared, so it's Matilda, I just think that's a yeah. scary oh, movie. Oh, Matilda, absolutely. But I think like I don't know, things sort of changed. It's like, well, we, we helicopter have to be, parents. Yeah, we have to be like a little more sensitive. I think you just got cars. Now we have cars. Yeah. What's scary about cars? Yeah. You well, you get into an accident. I guess. Um, but does he get into an accident? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but yeah, there you go. An American Tale and American Tale Five Goes West. Go check those out. God, I have a couple of just like stragglers, but I would say Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, yeah. yeah. Technically, um, I think Stop Motion. It's a Wes Anderson movie. He made it before Isle of Dogs. So Isle of Dogs is his most recent stop motion that people mm-hmm. have been buzzing about. But Fantastic Mr. Fox, it's definitely worth a rewatch. Um, I have Ar- Arthur Christmas. I brought it up at the Christmas episode. Great animated mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. And then Pirates Band of Misfits. I've never heard of that. And I think it's by the same studio that did Chicken Run. Okay. It's that same sort of. Oh, cool. Um, that. Whatever. That whatever they. Yeah, the or claymation yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And it's about these misfit pirates. That's I watched great. it with my mom like a couple years ago. What's it called again? Pirates! Exclamation point. Band of Misfits. Okay, I might have to look that up. Um, and yeah, that one was a lot of fun. So that was kind of my list. Uh, my last two are The Lamb Before Time, the That's first classic. one, 1988, and The Brave Little Toaster from 1987. So that was one I definitely remember loving. I watched kid. that one a ton, yeah. The Brave Little yeah. Toaster. The Brave Little Toaster and the f- just like the first movie. I know there was others, but they were probably bad. The But the first movie, The Brave Little Toaster, I remember that. Watched Brave that Little Toaster, also very scary. Yeah. That's the thing. Like These movies were scary. We no. kind of lost that a little kids bit. Kids maybe are wimps now. People are going to say. <laughs> it's not kids. It's not ki- It's adults who are. Yeah. It's I'm going to get kid. hate for saying that. It's No, I, I hey, I will, I'm will. i right there with movies you. Movies are softer than they used to they, be. I'm movies are softer way. than they used to be, and, and it's the parents who are to blame. It has nothing to do or with the, the children. Or the studios. And the studio. Well, I guess they're guess parents, Guess who runs the right? studios? Parents. parents. Who decides that it's parents? It's it's you know you gotta you gotta let your kid scrape their knee. It's the only way the skin gets stronger. You know. I hear you. So, I'm the same way. Um, but there you go. That's our kind of list of a bunch of anime movies. We'll we'll try to post this on social media as well, so people can take a look at it. But just go check out a couple of these titles. And I'm and sure lots you it. can get on Netflix and on Amazon. A lot of these are on Netflix, but then you know you can probably get them on Amazon or again go to Classic Video. Yo, and they'll rent have them I've, if you're in sure. Kingston or go you know. Anywhere. How to Train Your Dragon is definitely on Netflix. Yeah, I know a few of these are because I remember seeing them, but but some of the older ones might not be. But I bet you Classic Video will have them. So Do we have time for headlines? We have time for a few headlines. Okay. But let's just dive right into it. Let's I, not, uh... I um, have a Jesse update. So okay, that's why, why don't we I'm start like, with that? I'm like, I've got to yeah. get this in. We'll, f- we'll forget it's the fresh intro. this week. We'll forget the intro. Just dive right okay. into it. Judge orders special prosecutor to reinvestigate the Jesse Smollett case. Not a great plan. Well, that makes sense. I mean, this is a whole <laughs> big mess. So... Cook County Judge Michael Tooman has just appointed a special prosecutor to re to investigate why charges were dropped against the former Empire Star, who claimed back in January that two men spouting Trump slogans attacked him in Chicago. Assertions that the Chicago PD have vigorously investigated and questioned, leading to legal charges against him. Illinois State Attorney Kim Fox eventually worked out a deal for Smollett's legal team, dropping charges in exchange for community service and forfeited bail money. 
the FBI already announced back in March that it would be looking into the rationale behind Fox's decision. <laughs> and now the state is getting involved, too. The special prosecutor will apparently be going over every aspect of the investigation with the possibility that Smollett could find himself facing new charges. Not a great plan. Well, there you go. Last week, I think last week or the week before we had a Smollett update. About Two weeks ago, we had an update and, and it looked like... We would never know. We would never know. And I was even starting to think like, oh, maybe we've been a little hard on this guy. Like maybe something did happen. But now here we go again. The FBI, the FBI and is like, well, state. we're going to get involved. Yeah, because it looks so weird. Of course, the FBI is involved because this looks so strange. I don't know. So um, apparently we haven't heard the last about this case. I will continue to bring you updates as they develop. Hey, it's good. As long as we have Jesse Smollett updates, we can actually keep the show going. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, it's so what our listeners, our listeners are yeah. eager for. It, the only reason. <laughs> It's the only reason why they tune in. Yeah. It's why we're award-winning. Exactly. We won two awards because of this My segment. groundbreaking journalism. <laughs> because your journalism and not a great plan. Exactly. Okay, you want to give us the next one? Original EZA writer developing new spinoff, possibly without Emma Stone. Not a great plan. Yeah, and I guess it depends upon spinoff, like what they mean, like just in kind of the same world and about someone else or bring back some of the characters or... So this... The article said that Burt Royal, he's the original screenwriter, will do some kind of follow-up with the same themes. It will focus on a new group of students and teachers at the same school, with Emma Stone herself not expected to return. That means reboot is probably the more accurate term, but unless some characters come, uh, old characters come back. So we see, again, studios really loosely using the term like spinoff, mm -hmm. reboot, mm -hmm. sequel. Um, I don't think this movie will be successful without Emma Stone. Emma Stone was the star of EZA. Like mm -hmm. her performance really made the movie what it was. Yeah, I would agree with Really that. grounded the film. That movie, in my opinion, would not have been as successful if it did not have her. Yeah, it had gr good writing, but I think she elevated it. Her comedic timing, yeah. Her breakout role was Easy A, mm -hmm. but or sorry, um, Super Bad. Super Bad, yeah. But Easy A, Easy A came out shortly thereafter, yeah. and this was yeah. her like first, yeah. independent, like her. She was the she lead. was the lead, and yeah, yeah. And um, it really goes to show that movie is a testament to how what a great comedic actress she Absolutely. is. So I really can't see this movie being successful. Yeah, I mean, it all depends upon what the story is and where they go with it. But yeah, you're taking out. The, the big star, factor, the star. The, yeah, what made the movie what it was. That's going to be super tough. So. Okay, well, let's hear the... We've probably got time for one more. Oh, God, this idiotic Good Omens petition is one hell of a mess. Not a great plan. Oh, what's this? So, uh, oh, the internet has... The good people of the internet have gone back to making their petitions. Not a great plan. Now that the Game of Thrones petition drama has mm -hmm. died down, we, we have new, new petition drama. New petition. So, there's an... Um, there's a television show called Good Omens. It's on the Amazon platform. Yeah. Um, a bunch of Christians have gone together, uh, 20,000 strong, and they are asking Netflix. Oh, Netflix. <laughs> to cancel the program um, because it, you know, is blasphemous. So they don't even have the platform correct. That's the, that's the kicker. They're petitioning Netflix to cancel mm. this program. Mm. It's not even on Netflix. It's on Amazon. So Amazon <laughs> went to Twitter. Amazon went to Twitter and went at Netflix. 
if you if you cancel Good Omens, we'll cancel cancel Stranger Things. Nice, because Stranger Things hilarious. Out. I love that, especially because people are just trolls, and I love that. Like they, these studios, everyone's like all bent out of shape, and they can't even get the studio <laughs> right. It right. It's great. It's amazing. Well, there you go. We've run out of time. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for the award winning screening in Kingston. <laughs> go see some movies. <laughs>